Before we get started, let me just open us in prayer and then we'll move forward. Lord, I just uh, come before you humbly, just ask that you'd speak uh, through us. Lord, uh, just guide these guys in, in what you've called them to do, what you've equipped them to do. Lord, to build your kingdom around the world, to share the hope of the gospel that we have, to build disciples, to raise disciples, and to uh, to see your glory proclaimed around the world through through healthcare missions. God, just uh, use this time, be glorified. In your name we pray, amen. My name's Scott Reichenbach. You'll hear from Steve in a few minutes. What we've decided to do is divide it up. I'll speak on the international opportunities for a little bit, and then Steve will come up and share domestically, and then we'll hopefully have time at the end for, for questions. But uh, I, there's so much to talk about. I just want to sort of jump on in here and, and get started. For seven years, I worked with Samaritan's Purse in the post-residency program. I coordinated that program. Uh, now I'm working with the, the CMDA and helping to update their International Student Handbook. Uh, and you know, the main question I hear over and over is, well, where should I go or where can I go? I'm a student or I'm a resident. Where are opportunities? And quickly to, to start this, I think the answer honestly lies within you. God has created you. He's gifted you. He's given you skills and talents. And he's given you each individual interests to serve him in different ways. And so it's much more a dialogue, I find, with students about where it is and what it is God's calling you to do. Uh, my background was nursing. I went into nursing to try and do the mission thing. I got out of nursing school, and everyone said, well, you got to get experience. And so I got experience. Came to this conference would hear all these great things, and then nothing would ever happen. And uh, through some contacts in my church, you know, I found some organizations that my church seemed to work with, organizations that I knew, organizations that I met here. And so I just started calling. And I would call and call and call and get told, no, you got to go for long term. And I wasn't really at that position to do it at the time. And one day I called, picked up the phone and called Samaritan's Purse. It was on a Tuesday. And they said, well, actually, can you be in Honduras on Saturday? We think there's a cholera outbreak. It was after Hurricane Mitch. And on Saturday, four days later, I was in Honduras. And it was amazing. I mean, it just opened my eyes to what God could do through healthcare ministry around the world here in this aspect in a disaster situation. Um, as a pediatric ICU nurse, what did I know about cholera? Nothing. Um, but now you got internet and iPhones and you can read on your way. But, um, you know, the Lord just used that. And as I started to move and do these things, he, can, he started to open doors. And so one of my things, a big thing for you guys is just to be, continue to stay active, seeking the Lord. As Dave Stevens, you'll hear him say it. It's impossible to move a parked car. You've got to start the engine, and once you get it going, it steers a whole lot easier. And so by taking this first step to come to this conference, your car is starting to move. And you're on this mountaintop, so keep that momentum when you go home. Uh, stay, get grounded in your church, uh, and, and just continue to look for opportunities and pursue opportunities. Uh, one, of, one of the questions I have then that I put back to you is, what are your interests? You know, do you... Do you want to go on a team or alone? Do you want to serve domestically or internationally? Is it an urban or is it a rural setting? Is there a specific geographical region? As I've talked to students, a lot of them, you try and make it a little more complicated than it needs to be. If God's laid Nepal on your heart, start praying about it, seeking out opportunities, and go to Nepal. He, God gave that heart to you, not so that he's going to send you to Peru. Um, but remain open and flexible. And But... God's given you skills and talents, so look for those. Uh, you know, as you look at opportunities internationally, do you want to work at a large Christian hospital? Do you want to work at a small rural clinic? Do you want to work in a government hospital? There are opportunities in government hospitals. You know, are you a surgeon where you need an operating room? You need tools. Uh, these are all questions. Are you a nurse? Are you a, a public health person? 
who's going to want to do more rural medicine? These are all questions that you need to start asking yourself and praying about for where God wants you to go so that when you go down to the the myriad of organizations down here that have opportunities, you can start filtering those through the gifts and skills and talents the Lord's given you. Um, You know, following that, I think from Honduras, then I went to Mozambique to help establish a, a feeding village there. And again, I didn't know anything about a feeding village. You need to remain flexible in the doors that the Lord's open to you. I, I certainly started reading a lot, got there, learned from the people I was working with. Um, and, and again, God has taken me on this journey in ways and in places I, I never dreamed. Uh, the other thing is you look at opportunities. What What's the goal of your opportunity? Why are you going? Um, and we've heard a lot from the main session. You know, Our first mandate should be to declare the glory of God and to make disciples. Okay? But a step down there then is if you're in practice, if you're a career physician, are you just going to serve? If you're just going to serve, I'd encourage you to find someone when you get there or be involved in a program where you're teaching and training. Uh, there's training programs around the world. We'll touch on a couple. I'll share some organizations that are doing that. Uh, don't just, it's not, about, not all about you, um, though a lot of short-term missions tend to be that way. Um, if it's to explore an opportunity in long-term missions, look to organizations that you fit with. Uh, ask your church. Who are organizations your church supports uh, that denominationally you would agree with and be able to go and be a part of what they're doing. Uh, if you're a student, I'm sure your program has requirements for you. So begin by talking to your program about when you can go. A lot of them will have time frames. You can't go June or July when new residents are coming in. Uh, you know, there's a time frame that they're going to want you to go. Are there places you can't go? Uh, the uh, uh, think of the word the State Department warnings. There's a whole site and countries get listed on that, and you're not able to go to these places. Uh, the other question you're going to want to ask your organization is for how long can you go? Uh, and these are all things that before you even start talking to organizations, you can have in your mind about where and where God's calling you, what He's called you to do, how long you can go, as you start filtering through the many options. The other thing, examine the cost. Uh, you know, domestically, I think we're going to see you can do some of these things here in the United States without the airfare, without the visa, without the passports. So you know, pray about it and then look at the cost and really examine how much this is going to cost you. Can you afford to do it? Uh, certainly God owns everything, so he can provide the finances for you. But... Um, but in addition to your airfare, you're going to have passports, you're going to have visas, you're going to have immunizations, you're going to have room and board, you're going to have in-country transportation. All those things can add up. And with that, go for as long as you can. Your airfare is not going to change whether you stay four weeks or six weeks or even eight weeks typically. So try and group all your time and stay as long as you can. It's going to benefit the missionaries that you're going to serve alongside. It's going to benefit you and your understanding of the culture and understanding their worldview, how they view medicine, and how you can share and impact uh, the community you're going to serve. Um, and again, back to this point, we're healthcare professionals, you know, but all the people we see and treat are going to die. And so you need to go with the gospel, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ died for our sins and that is the message we're trying to get out. Develop relationships and create disciples. And in a short term time, two weeks, a month, that's going to be difficult to handle or be able to manage. But I pray that through these short term opportunities the Lord would use that to call you back long term. Uh, And so with some of those ideas and things going through your mind, let's just jump in and let's look at some places uh, uh, I got too many places to talk about, and uh, but we'll zoom on in here. Um, we'll head south. Uh, I have over 130 organizations and hospitals that are working, so I just picked a few. I don't see any representatives from organizations that I know that I'm going to get in trouble by not mentioning their organization here. But um, 
we'll start Presbyterian Medical Clinic. Uh, it's a primary care outpatient clinic in northern Belize. Uh, for students, they have opportunities for you to go do diagnostic and therapeutic trainings, acute and chronic illness management, dermatology, orthopedics, GYN, all done out of this little clinic down here. You have opportunities to minister in homes, uh, do spiritual ministry in the community, uh, and her name is blanking me, but the missionary is there in the door. So it's a place I'm going to highlight. Are, there's an established work going on. There's missionaries that are there that are going to continue the ministry that will take you under their wing and mentor you as you go along. But this is a short little trip down to Belize. You can go for a few weeks. The, they, they, you know, and that's a language is a whole other piece, but yeah. And so they'll take community health folks. They'll take nurses, um, dental students, uh, residents, pharmacy, the whole nine yards can go down there. The other place is uh, Loma in Honduras. Uh, it's along the coast. It's a beautiful location. If you look out from that hospital, you're looking out into the ocean. Uh, this is a hospital. It's got three operating rooms. There's a general surgeon there. There's an ER doc, a family practice doc, a pediatrician that are all working down there with their families. Uh, there's, uh, there's some agricultural programs going on. They're, they have a little school. Uh, if I don't know what specialties you career folks are, but they have an urgent need in December for family practice or general medicine kind of doctors. Uh, to go down and work. They need an OBGYN. Uh, again, you could go for short term for a month or you can go for a career through Cornerstone. Uh, but that's, they have physical therapy opportunities uh, and anesthetists. That's a place that always needs anesthetists as well. Uh, we'll keep moving uh, down to down to South America. Diopsisiana is, is a newer mission hospital. It's, this place is state-of-the-art. It's like no other mission hospital I've ever been a part of. Uh, 55 beds doing general surgery, general medicine for the Quechua outside of Cusco, about two hours east of Cusco. Uh, if you're any dental students or any folks in dentistry, they have a whole bank of dental chairs. Uh, they built, and you can't really see it in that picture, but they built in a an amphitheater there to have evangelistic meetings and bring people in. They just got done um, an outreach up into the the mountains. But uh, he also, Klaus there, also needs anesthesia folks. Uh, and down, we'll go to New Life in Paraguay. I've just learned about Dr. McKissick, who's down here. Um, it's just an SIM. You can see their mobile van that they take out. Uh, they're uh, 180 miles south of the capital. There again, he's going to take you. He wants to take students under their wing, under his wing. Uh, physical exam skills, ultrasound skills, integrating your faith into practice as he ministers down in Paraguay. Uh, Hospital Hope in Bolivia, outside of Cochabamba. 32-bed, level 2 hospital. They'll take pretty much anybody and everybody willing to go. They'll take some college students, uh, pre-professional students. And if I can say about nursing students, I think there's only a few of you in here, but nurses, I'm one of you, so don't be offended, but you really need to get, be in your final year, and if you're looking to go long-term, get some good skills before you look to go. Uh, you learn a ton on the job. Unfortunately, in nursing, we don't have a, a residency program like residents do. Residents have spent three years going through the hands-on work, so they understand a little bit better. But for most nurses, you're going to have to to work a little bit. But at Hospital of Hope down there, that you could go down and, and serve this summer uh, with the folks doing ministry there. They have needs for family medicine, internal medicine, pediatrics, pharmacy, PT, whole nine yards at that little little facility. We'll hop on across the sea to 
to southern Africa. And uh, we'll start at the bottom and we'll work our way up. Zimba Mission Hospital, Dan and Joan Jones. Dan is a family practice doc. His wife, uh, Joan, is an internist. This hospital it sits along the highway going from uh, uh, the falls, Victoria Falls, back up into Lusaka, the capital. So they get a lot of traffic on this highway. It's There's a truck stop right next to the hospital, and you know truck stops in Africa are not necessarily truck stops. Other things happen in this facility. And so they have a very interesting ministry to what goes on at the truck stop and the people that that frequent that. And then right next door is this hospital, and they have a big sign uh, along the highway that says, dentists, and they list the weak. And so they get people from all over coming to this Christian hospital who need care. The big vision uh, program going on here as well. But again, just using your skills and talents to share the gospel with people who are traveling on Life's Road in Zambia who have a physical need, come in here and hear the gospel. Uh, They also have an OR, a relatively new OR, but Dan and Joan are awesome. They'll take you in and uh, mentor you. This hospital is, a, is part of the Wesleyan group, and uh, they would love to have you. Up a little bit is Uzima Mission Clinic. This is a YWAM uh, medical clinic there in Tanzania. They, again, he's in a he's in a Muslim context. Jeez, oh, I gotta get going. Um, Primary care, outpatient, OB services. Uh, moving along, his house of hope in South Sudan. This is a 25-bed little facility in South Sudan where they're teaching and training Sudanese healthcare practitioners. Okay, the whole spectrum in this little hospital. Mabingo Baptist Hospital. This is a huge. Most of you probably heard of Tenwick Hospital. Mabingo is the West Africa Tenwick Hospital. Cameroon is a French-speaking country, but Mabingo sits in an English-speaking part of that country. And so it's a pidgin English, but you can pick up on it pretty quickly. Uh, Dennis Palmer is here. Dennis and Nancy, uh, they're down at their booth. They are doing, they're doing the PAC surgical training program here where they're training African surgeons in Africa. So it's uh, accredited by Loma Linda. They're doing an internal medicine specialization as the official title of the basically family medicine residency program. He just told me last night they're getting ready to launch a nurse practitioner program here. And they're just getting ready to open up an ICU. So they need ICU nurses. They need nurse practitioners to come and teach at this place. They have beautiful facilities. Getting ready to build a big hydroelectric plant. But that is 270 beds. It's an enormous facility. Pioneer Christian Hospital. This Building used to be a communist youth camp. It, that's what it was built for. Uh, it got abandoned, and Joe Harvey got a hold of it and has turned it into a Christian hospital and is serving the needs of the poor there. Uh, hey, get moving here. Okay, 1040 window. A lot of people want to go to the unreached. Uh, since these are broadcasts, I'll just stick it to here some organizations, ABWE, SIM team. Samaritan's Purse are working in sort of InterServe, uh, are working in that region, in some of these locations, doing incredible things. Uh, Mali, Chad, <coughs> Egypt, Jordan. Uh, it's cool. We're going to have to talk to me later about those. These I can talk about in Nepal, United Mission in Nepal. Again, a full mission hospital uh, doing surgery, training Nepali residents. Uh, Shikpur in, in uh, Pakistan. Priscilla Carpenter is here, desperate for some female OBGYNs to come and work with her. She would be awesome to work with. So it, she'll take you. Lamb Hospital up in Bangladesh. Again, uh, remote part, northern Bangladesh. Uh, wide variety of opportunities for you to go and serve there. Real quick, oh, well, I skipped China. There's one in China. Uh, I just left a star there. Let me get all the details, and I don't think I have them in front of me. Uh, But there are opportunities in Asia, in Macau, in China, if you want to go teach 
and train. You're not going to go work necessarily. But build, again, build relationships. Share the gospel through what you're working. And this ABWE has this opportunity. And now this is more of the team idea. She's got a couple weeks, a couple times a year where she gets a whole team of people. So if you want to go with a group of people to do health outreach teams, they'll take you there and have defined dates. All the, a lot of these other ones, you write them and say, hey, I have these months free, and they'll be able to take you. But here in Ukraine, she's a long-term missionary there, sharing the gospel through health care, and she takes these couple weeks to take outreaches with, with groups of people so you can get yourself a part of the team. Okay, I'm going to turn it over and then try and answer any other questions later. But Microphone swap. Great. I'm not even going to put it on. I'm going to just stand here and talk for a minute. Uh, I'm Steve Noblett, and I'm the director of an organization called Christian Community Health Fellowship, or CCHF. And I'm not even going to try to hook up my computer because I've got a Mac, and you all know that. (laughs) So it's not going to work. So anyway, CCHF, uh, if you guys don't know what CCHF is, it's a nationwide community of, look at there, man. It's a nationwide community of Christians uh, who are committed to living out the gospel through health care among the poor. And so, in a way, we think of ourselves as a domestic medical missions organization, but really more as a living community of people that God in his wisdom birthed in America and planted in America to have a global passion, which includes America. Like, you understand... When we talk about domestic and international missions, we're the only people on the planet that are doing that, right? Like God does not think about domestic missions as being America because God doesn't live here and not somewhere else, right? He has one global mission, and America's a part of that global mission. So uh, we really believe that the Acts 1-8 thing where it says Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth, that maybe the overlooked word there is and. It's not then. It's not or. It's and. We need to be committed to what's happening, what God's doing in our nation here, and what's happening in Pakistan. So, um, so these are people who are, who are living out missional medicine 24-7. They don't think about mission as something that they're going to do two weeks in the summer or after they get their student loans paid off. Mission is something that they wake up every morning thanking God for breath to serve him today. Okay? So uh, of the, I don't know, 4,500 or so Christians that are doing this type of stuff in the U.S. that we know about and that are connected with CCHF, about half of them work in Christian clinics. The other half are guys like you, students, or work in academic settings or secular situations. But they're doing it out of their faith. They're doing it because they really believe that medicine is a calling for them to serve Christ. So of these Christian clinics... Uh, They're all focused on primary care, and uh, they're all in medically underserved areas. You all understand that language, right? Medically under MUAs or medically underserved areas. So um, uh, there's about 300 of these organizations across the country that are seeking to deliver what they would call distinctively Christian health care. Okay? And uh, so then you ask them, what does that mean, distinctively Christian health care? And you get about 296 different answers to that. But, but all of us, I think, are, are really committed to understanding, number one, that uh, we want to think more like, like there's a difference between being a Christian in medicine and practicing Christian medicine, Right? So, like, if Jesus was born 2,000 years later and was a physician instead of a carpenter, how would he do his job differently than the way it's typically done in America, right? So, um, so we're kind of committed to keep asking ourselves that question and keep moving closer and closer and closer to what we believe is Christ-driven, Christ-motivated, Christ-centered, and Christ-focused healthcare among the poor. Um, out of those 300 clinics, the vast majority of them are really small. Uh, a lot of them are small because they're relatively new, less than five years old, and they're trying to grow. A lot of them are small because, to be honest with you, they just don't have any vision to get any bigger than they are, and they're doing some good things, and I don't want them to stop, but they're not really having a major impact in the community. 
But about a hundred of those clinics are big clinics. They're big enough that they're, you know, they've got full-time staff. They've got a full-time medical director. They, uh, you know, they're doing quality medicine. They're doing what we would call they were they were they're what we would consider to be primary care centers of excellence. They're places where I want you to get training. They're places that you'd be proud to go and get training. So. Um, there's about 75 of those that offer clinical rotations, like accredited clinical rotations for medical students and PA students. And most of them do, stu- do things with nursing students, but nurses, you know that your rotations are different than PA and, and medical students. So, um, so I'm focusing on that today, all right? And, and there's too many of them for me to go through. I, if I had a Prezi presentation that had all those on there, We'd be here until Saturday afternoon, and y'all don't want that. So we have a booth, and you can come down and point at a dot on our map at our booth and say, is there something here that I can do, okay? But let me tell you a couple of things that I think are really important. I appreciate what Scott said just about preparation and what to think about. I want to share with you um, a couple of things that I think are really important. Um, Take control of your training, okay? Like, don't hand it off to somebody else. Don't just do something to meet the requirements of your program. Do something extra. But down in Louisiana, they call it lanyap. You know, it's get more than you have to get. Like, really invest yourself in these clinical rotations. And so be particular about where you go. Uh, you, you don't want to just go to a community health center and do a health care, you know, and do your community health rotation there, okay? Uh, you want to go to a, a community health center where uh, they're, gonna, they're not just going to teach you medicine. Like, you can learn medicine anywhere. I mean, there's a lot of good places to learn medicine. And I want you to learn really good medicine. But I also want you to get cross-cultural uh, competency experiences from people who are immersed in those cultures here in the U.S. And, it, and the principles of cross-cultural Competency is the same whether you're going to the inner city in Camden, New Jersey, or whether you're going to Pakistan or to or to Belize. It's maybe even tougher in Camden than in Belize. But so the, the principles are the same, and I think it's really important that you make sure that you're getting that. That you make sure that you're getting to shadow a provider that is personally committed to integrate faith with medicine. And to keep medicine as the, like, really top-notch, high-quality thing it's supposed to be. Like, I don't think Christians have anything to say if you're a lousy doctor, okay? In fact, I don't want people to know that you're a Christian. If you're a lousy doctor, if they're sick and they're coming to you, you need to be a great doctor. You need to practice excellent medicine. And you need to address the spiritual issues and the spiritual health issues in their life. There's a lot of different ways of doing that. I think that you need to to make sure that you sort of do a little interview. So like, make yourself somebody that the clinic wants to recruit to come and do a, a clinical rotation. So um, here's the other thing. During your med school years or during your PA school or nursing school years, I think that there are, for every single one of you, there are two things that you have to do. You've done one of them this weekend. You have to come to this conference. Every Christian medical student should come to this conference at least once during their med school years. The second thing is you have to do a clinical rotation, like not just get some clinical experience, but a clinical rotation in a Christian clinic where you can see faith and medicine integrated together. If you do those two things, there's a, you think I'm making this up, but this is actually data-driven from a University of Chicago study, that you have a five times greater chance of actually fulfilling the mission you feel in your heart that God's drawing you into if you do those two things. If you attend this conference and if you do a clinical rotation in a Christian clinic. That's no, that is no joke. Okay, So this is how important it is for us. Let me tell you what to avoid. I told Rick Donald I was going to say this. Rick Donald's the most offensive guy I know. And, and um, and, and Rick told me, he said, be careful when you say that. So, but I'm going to just tell you, it's not helpful. Data tells us it is not helpful for you to spend your time working in a student-run free clinic near your medical school campus. In fact, there is, data shows that students that do that are, are 
less likely to go into missional medicine than students that don't. And the reason why is you develop a paradigm that's a substandard paradigm for medical care if you do that. So I would recommend that you not do that. Okay? I'm not... I don't, want the, I don't want those clinics to shut down. I don't want those pe- good people to stop doing that kind of thing. There are people that are being helped by it. But that's not the kind of health care that we need to see practiced in the name of Jesus in the United States and, and frankly, even abroad. And so I'm, I'm just telling you there's data that shows that that's not going to help you, in, you know, follow your mission in Christ. Um, the other thing is um, there's a government program called the AHEC program. How many of you all know anything about area health education centers? And they offer a program in some states, I think in most states, where they will actually pay you to go do a clinical rotation at a community health center. The community health center gets paid for you to do it, and you get paid to do it. And it sounds like a great deal. But I'm telling you that I am not aware of a single community health center that's doing that that is a missionally driven community health center. And typically, again, the folks that do that don't end up going into this type of missional medicine. And so, like, come up with the money and pay your housing or whatever you need to do in order to get a really quality rotation at a really quality clinic. So I want to share with you, um, like I said, there's 75 different ones of these around the country. I want to just share three that will give you sort of a picture of the kinds of things that you should be looking for and asking about. And then you can always contact CCHF, and we, are fr- we give free advice, and it's worth every penny. So we will help you, okay? We really will. So there's a clinic. If you're interested in doing refugee, if you're interested in doing international work or you want to work with refugee populations, there's a clinic in Buffalo, New York that is phenomenal called Jericho Road Community Health Center. It's run by a guy named Dr. Myron Glick, and they actually have a booth here at the conference on the second floor in the exhibit hall this week. It is a really powerful, strong Christian evangelical ministry. They, Buffalo is the Toronto of America, in a way. You know, like, the number one port of entry for refugees in America is New York City, Okay. And New York City wants to get refugees out of New York City as fast as they can because if they stay in New York City, it's expensive to take care of them there. So they ship them to Buffalo, where two-thirds of the property in Buffalo is brown space. So it's cheap for them to get, provide them social services in Buffalo. And the services that they provided have been inadequate, and Dr. Glick and his staff started Jericho Road Family Practice a few years ago uh, to take care of refugee populations, and they began to see other needs, and they've started other sort of community development, refugee resettlement ministries that are all gospel-driven, and it's phenomenal. I mean, when I was there three weeks ago, and it's just amazing how many, you know, we need a Burmese translator in, in exam room six, and two seconds later we need a, you know, we need a Somali uh, translator in exam room three, and I think they've got like 85 or 90 different nations that are represented in their patient panel. They see over, they see between 50 and 60,000 patient visits a year. You get good medicine there. You see a lot of patients, and they're really culturally sensitive. They're really great folks. So that would be a that would be a place to go if you wanted that kind of experience. If you, let's say that you uh, you know Spanish, and you want to sort of beef up your uh, medical Spanish, okay, and you want to do something with the poor, there's a great clinic in Philadelphia called Esperanza Health Center. Uh, I know that Susan Post is a presenter. I know she's presenting right now. No, she's presenting the next hour, and I'm presenting too, so I'm not able to go to her thing. But, like, if you don't go to my workshop next hour, you should go to hers. Hers is awesome. But Susan Post, and um, they have three clinical sites. They see about sixty-five to 75,000 patient visits a year, so it's a big clinic. They serve a largely Puerto Rican uh, population. It is probably one of the most intentionally Christian environments. I mean, it is a Christ-honoring environment. The presence of God is in that clinic, and you sense it when you walk in, and so do the patient's. And they work hard to honor the presence of God there. They're really gospel-driven. 
Um, they have phenomenal doctors, really bright doctors and, and providers that, are, that, will, that are, would just be great to shadow. And they're also sort of cutting edge in primary care in that they uh, have integrated behavioral health and the dental programs and all those kinds of things as well. So that would be a great one for that. Uh, I'm, I live in Memphis, Tennessee, which is where CCHF's headquarters is. There's a Christian clinic there called Christ Community Health Services. How many of you all have ever have done a rotation at Christ Community? Or Yeah, so they, do more, they provide more student rotations for docs than anybody else in the country. They did over 100 last year. And... Um, but that they screen. They get about 250 requests a year. So you have to say, the guy from CCHF said that because I really want to see faith integrated with medicine, because I'm really interested in primary care and because I'm really interested in doing something missionally in medicine with my life, that you guys would let me do a rotation, and they will if you tell them that. Okay, that's sort of the, magic, the secret handshake. <laughs> but uh, like when you go to CCH, when you go to CCHS in Memphis, um, they do only three and four week rotations for doc, for uh, medical students, um, and their deal is that you are required to live in the hood. They have guest houses where you and a, and a group of students will actually live with host families that are in the hood. Um, they have three of these houses, uh, and they've outgrown those, to be honest with you. They have seven clinics, including a women's clinic. They do HIV care. Um, they have three dental programs. They've got four pharmacies. Uh, they have a surgery department uh, within Christ Community Health Services. Uh, the cool thing is that you shadow docs um, or providers all during the morning until sort of mid-afternoon, and then every day you do um, some sort of community engagement. It's A lot of it's home visits. Some of it's working shoulder-to-shoulder with neighbors in an urban farm. Some of it's housing issues and things like that. Uh, what am I leaving out that they do? So, yeah. So CCHS, um, Esperanza, Lawndale in Chicago, there are a number of clinics that offer summer experiences, month-long summer programs, and, and, and uh, community immersion programs. And if you go to the CCHF website, you can get all of that information for free. We actually have a preceptorship directory on where we want you to log on, okay, and when you've done a rotation in one of our clinics, we want you to leave a review and to tell us the truth. Like, I was disappointed because only one doctor ever prayed with a patient. I want that on the website so that other students can read that. And so that it provokes us to make sure that our clinics are doing the very best thing that they can do and providing the very best uh, experiences that they can. So, all right. I've got a booth downstairs. Scott, where are you going to be? I'll be downstairs. All you need to know is that middle aisle downstairs. Yeah, middle aisle downstairs. CMDA's down there, Center for Medical Missions, Susan Carter. She's got a list of hospitals, organizations. Um, medicalmissions.com. Use that website to find resources there. But that's where we'll be in that middle aisle. So we, we finished up intentionally early because we figured that the reason y'all came is because you're looking for something specific. So ask us questions. Do you have anything you want to say before they do that? No, ask us questions. I'll, I'll hand you the open power here. Go for it. You were mentioning a lot about like student preceptorships. What about from medical residents that are expected to do more actual seeing patients for the clinics that you work with in that as well? Uh, yeah, there's uh, a number of them do. Some of the larger federally qualified health centers that are Christian federally qualified health centers, there are Christian federally qualified health centers, like Christ Community in Memphis, for example, or Lawndale in Chicago. And they do they do those kinds of things. And also, I don't know where you're doing your Detroit resident. Area. Detroit area. Okay, so you can do continuity clinics at, um, for example, Covenant Community in Detroit, which is a really fine... Yeah. So there are places like that. Just, again, uh, it's a horrible thing, but we live in a country that has 17,000 medically underserved areas. 17,000. 
we have 75 clinics that are really leaving a dent in some of those. Not nearly enough. So we could grow quite a bit. But if you, you know, like, let us know, like, where you're doing your residency or, you know, if, if, you're, in, if you're via Christie, we've got, there's some great Christian clinics in Wichita. Um, so, you know, there's, there's opportunities. You just need to let us know what they are. I assume you're looking domestically, right? Is well, that your question? I'm here in two, one personal, and then secondly, I'm in charge of setting up a rural remote international health program for my residency. So trying to find opportunities for my co-residents that want to do stuff either overseas or more underserved in America. So I personally want to go overseas. But yeah, because there's you can get involved in family medicine training in Cameroon, in Kenya, uh, China. They're teaching residents. Uh, there's a, again, it comes back to what area you're looking, what do you want to do. El, in Liberia, they're getting ready. Rick Sacker's there in Liberia, getting ready to start a family medicine training program. And that, again, a lot of the education internationally is in English. That's, the textbooks are in English. All the medical literature is in English. So if you go as a teacher, it'll be in English. Uh, a lot of the programs will have English proficiency exams for their students. So you'll be able to teach in your language. Egypt. Egypt, as I was just said, Egypt is doing some training. Uh, in Bangladesh, uh, yeah, Lamb and. Yeah, I don't think they're training. They're, they have a nurse program. I don't think they have family medicine residents, though, down there. There was one surgical resident that they were teaching at Malamgat. And, in Bangladesh, but I don't think they have an official family medicine program going on there. Folks at the ABW, ABWE booth will be able to tell you that, though. Um, Nepal is training residents yeah, at Tonsen with United Mission Nepal. When you say training residents, are they training American residents or residents from the... National residents. So you'll be training Nepali residents or in Cameroon, Cameroonian residents or Cameroonian physicians. The PACS training program is training African surgeons. So it's, uh, you know, you might get a student from Madagascar doing his training in Ethiopia, but you'll be training an African and their contract is for them to go to stay within their country uh, and continue to serve and practice medicine there. Uh, Togo, ABWE and Togo will have opportunities for you. Okay. Uh, PA, I know you can talk to World Medical Mission Samaritan's Purse down there. They have sent a surgical PA into Tenwick. He was an orthopedic surgery uh, PA. So those are two that I know off the top of my head. And if At CMDA's booth at the Center for Medical Missions, we've created a a spreadsheet kind of thing. You can look at PAs and okay. go down the list and see what places will take you. Uh, what's, a, what's a good timeline as far as applying for these or being in contact? How far in advance do they like? Today. No, now. Like, I talked to the folks at AIM, and AIM has a summer program for student nurses, medical students. It's a six-week sort of hands-off kind of thing, but you'll go and see and be a part. They do an orientation for you. They take like six or eight a summer. It goes fast. So you got to apply now. And the same thing with your international rotations. Uh, a lot of residents seem to want to go January, February, March, April. Housing is in short supply internationally in some of these places. So if you want to go, it's never too early to start the dialogue and start talking to them. Get them familiar with who you are when you want to go so that you're at the top of the list. But sooner the better. Um, are all these options open for postgraduates, for nurses in particular? Can you still go even as, as a registered nurse instead of just a student? 
You can. <laughs> you can, yeah, and, and more in a teaching role in a lot of these places. Uh, in Cameroon, you go talk to Dennis Palmer right now, he'll be all over you to come to Cameroon. He wants people get nurses out there. I will tell you, in, in Zambia, there's a bunch of great mission hospitals in Zambia, but in Zambia, nurses will have to take a nursing exam in Zambia. It's in British English, some caveats there. Uh, folks on the field will help you work through it, but it's a difficult exam. So in Kenya, you used to have to work in a Kenyan hospital for six months before they would give you your license because they felt the American system didn't give you enough practical training. So there are some countries that make it much more difficult. Whereas a doctor, all you needed to do is show a photocopy or a license with a stamp on it, and they give you a license in that country. Nurses will make you take an exam. But yeah, so there are some caveats with some places, but yes. Yes. So you can, again, you can go on our, the cchf.org website and uh, it, it'll say preceptorship directory. There's a preceptorship directory. You can click on a clinic in an area. Let's say you want to go to Birmingham or whatever. Uh, and it'll tell you what their mission statement is, what type of medicine they're doing. It'll tell you what their requirements are and what they offer. And it'll also talk, tell you whether they offer housing or not. And if push comes to shove and they haven't updated their, you know, their, their little site, it'll have the, the director's phone number. You can pick up the phone and just call them and say, Steve Noblet from CCHF said. Yeah, so. Uh, so before, I, we're gonna, I know we're going to have to end in just a second. Um, how many of you have thought about student loan repayment as a, an obstacle for the mission field, like, Every hand goes up in the room. So student loan repayments, you know, there's the, the two big options for you are the National Health Service Corps, which has some really interesting programs, and the other one is uh, a foundation that's here that's located, I mean, that has a presence here at this conference called Project MedSend. Have you all ever heard of Project MedSend? So I think Rick Allen, is Rick Allen in the room by chance? Okay. Oh, okay, okay. So is Rick not here now? Is somebody from here? Okay. So pro let me tell you what you should do, because CCHF is Project Medicine's largest mission-sending organization because they do domestic as well as overseas. It's a phenomenal organization. We were really shocked that they turned down a few, I mean, no-brainer home-run applicants that they should have funded, and they didn't fund them. Um, and when I sat down with him a couple of years ago, and I said, I said, why did you not fund this lady? I mean, she's incredible. She's like everybody wants her. She's, she's exactly what we want as a, as a missional doctor. And this is what they said. She did four overseas uh, medical trips during her, during her medical school year, and we felt like we weren't paying her loans off. We felt like we were really paying for her overseas trips. And I said, but that makes her awesome. Like she's that, you know, like she, we want that kind of thing. He's like, well, you know, you, so anyway, I, I, what I'm saying is you should, everybody should do an overseas rotation somewhere. You should do that, okay? You should do one in the States. You should do one overseas. If you're going to do more than one, think about maybe contacting Project Medicine and say, hey, I'm going to be applying for loan repayment to help, help me get on the mission field. Can I ask you, is this going to help me or hurt me in your eyes? Is this going to make my application stronger or weaker? It's just something to think about. So, um, for what it's worth. Talk to them. Talk to MedSend, too, if you're about to take student loans, because there are certain loans now right. that if you take out, that if you work for a nonprofit for 10 years, the government completely forgives it. And, okay. And there's also, us. yeah, and there's income-based reduction in student loans, and there's different pieces that dip, depending on what kind of loan you have. Some you have to work for 25 years. There's one if you work for just 10. But um, yeah, talk to Project MedSend early. Figure out yeah. how to 
do this financial thing so that you're not burdened down with debt. Uh, Just to add to that, um, I'm in my second year of residency, and that 10-year forgiveness, if your residency program is nonprofit organization, your 10-year service starts day one of residency. Yeah. So if Which you're is I'm three years family medicine, so I'll have three years of my service under my belt. Five-year general surgeon at Mayo Clinic, you're five years done with your 10-year right. service. So. Right. Provide and provided you have that right student loan. Yeah. So do we have time for one more que- one question? There was a question for uh, language immersion. So like when they Spanish, that have context. So there's a question for both of you. Is there a way to see either on the uh, website or somewhere rather than calling about each Are you going to learn Spanish? Or are you going to do medicine? Or do you this is, I'm a medical student, so it would be for a possible rotation residency option. You know, elective medical school or anything. Yeah, we, you would. And I know on the CMDA information, if they require Spanish, there will be an asterisk that says Spanish is required. Um, the ones that will take you without. Because uh, some of these hospitals... Like HCJB used to have a hospital in Shell, Ecuador. Everything was done in Spanish. I mean, your notes were in Spanish. Your rounds were in Spanish. So you had to be fluent, really fluent in Spanish to be able to go and serve there. Other places uh, are a little bit more lenient. But, yeah, you're just going to have to go to each one. But Yeah, I'm pretty sure that domestically, that, you know, here in the States, all of our rotation sites are in English. Uh, even Esperanza, to work there, they would ask you to go spend a summer in Antigua, Guatemala, and or something, you know, and, and really get your beef up your Spanish. But, um, I mean, they try to speak English everywhere they can. They only speak Spanish because they have a really large Puerto Rican population that they serve. Hey, listen, we got to go. Y'all got to go. Uh, I hope y'all are having a great conference, and I hope this was helpful for you. Uh, come see us if if we can ever help you, and uh, you know, get our business cards or whatever, and send us emails, ask questions, pester us to death. All right, thank you. All right.